This is the DAR Today podcast, and I'm your host, Brooke Bullmaster Stewart. We're so excited to hear this feedback that we're getting from so many of you that like this shorter weekly format. That's really exciting. Let us know in the comment if you're new, and if you are new, please like and subscribe for however it is you're listening to this. If you're watching it on YouTube or listening to it on one of the audio podcasts, we'd love to hear from you. But we want to respect your time, so we'll jump into it in just a second. We just have two quick announcements. We have some exciting news. We have a new member of our team, our National Vice Chair of Communications, Lena Hoffman. Lena is a DC daughter, and we're so excited to have her on board. So thank you so much, Lena, for being a part of it. And for those of you that are interested in genealogy, not only will you want to listen to this particular episode, but you also might want to take note that the Genealogy Research Institute 2024 registration is now open. Whether you're fine-tuning your genealogical skills, or if it's for your own personal research goals or growth, or if it's for your ability to research others and help others with their DAR applications, you'll find information tailored to your needs at the third annual DAR Genealogical Research Institute. The Institute sessions will be held Monday, May 6th through Wednesday, May 8th at our own House Beautiful there in Washington, D.C. So do check the member's website for registration and sign up quick because those spots move fast. But in today's episode, we'll be talking about the use of DNA in our DAR applications. In fact, special thanks to the national chair of the DAR DNA Network, Sharon Withers, for her help with this. And we'll hear a special segment from two different perspectives. First, we'll hear from Lisa Schumacher, who helped with an application using DNA to make it successful. And then we'll hear from the member herself, Maggie, and what it was like for her to go through this application process, some of the surprises and things she found along the way. So first up, let's hear a little bit about our DAR DNA network. And by the way, thanks for joining us today. Direct-to-consumer DNA testing, offered by companies such as Family Tree DNA and Ancestry, provides an exciting new tool for genealogy, especially when the traditional paper trail of documentation doesn't exist or is inaccessible. For well over two decades, DAR has accepted paternity, maternity, and siblingship tests. And in 2014, DAR began accepting Y-DNA testing, for the purpose of proving a new son of a proven DAR patriot. And then, very exciting, in 2020, the use of autosomal DNA tests was accepted as part of the documentation for connecting generations 1 to 2, 2 to 3, or 3 to 4. DAR recognizes the value of DNA testing and continues to look at ways to expand the current DNA policy. Now, while the majority of approved applications requiring DNA evidence have been for adoptees unable to obtain their birth information due to sealed adoption records, others have involved misattributed paternity or informal adoptions of a parent or grandparent. There's a wonderful story that got sent to us that we just did not have time to dive into today on today's podcast, but I would encourage you to search it out by going to the Units Overseas Committee page on our members' website, and then specifically the Sasebo chapter in Japan. 
Request a copy of their newsletter, the August 2023 edition. There's a great story entitled, Uncovering the Mysteries of My Paternal Redmond Line, A Journey Through Y-DNA Testing by Michelle Redmond. I wish we could have talked about this one. There's so many compelling stories with what our members are finding as they look through their DNA results. But today's story highlights another way DNA can be used to connect a Revolutionary War patriot. Three years ago, Maggie's information was sent to the America 250 Membership Task Force for help with her lineage. As a volunteer of that committee, I began working with her. Some of her lines had good documentation back to the 1870 census, but then the paper trail stopped. There were possibilities, but with no provable connections to a patriot, the only solution appeared to be DNA testing. To use DNA on the mail line, there must be a patriot already established in our DAR database to connect to, and by itself, DNA does not prove the exact relationship. Documentation to support the DNA results is also needed to prove a father-to-son link. It was exciting to find Maggie's prospective patriot in our database, but the next step was to find a living male descendant of the patriot. After some digging, I found a possible cousin. I reached out to him and he responded right away. He agreed to help, so Maggie then worked with him and her own brother with their DNA tests. The results came back that the men were a 37 marker match as required by DAR. From the beginning, I was excited to incorporate DNA into an otherwise unprovable lineage and it was an incredible experience to work with Maggie. We had a few hiccups along the way, but we worked them out together. I am so happy that Maggie's desire to join DAR was fulfilled. My name is Maggie Swift, and I am privileged to tell my information regarding my application to the Daughters of the American Revolution. Both of my parents valued civic-minded life. Help others when you can. Work hard. It seems this came naturally to them from their families, respectively. The world sees me as a white woman, but I am a mixed person. When I see family, I see shades and textures. I lost my mother when I was 10 years old. She was a white woman. I've spent decades reclaiming her from medical records to oral family history. I knew that my mother's family were patriots. Connecting with her first cousins confirmed this. Each generation seemed to be involved in helping others and living their own opportunities to the fullest. I can see my family tree lining up to her ancestors that arrived here well before the United States was even a concept but the documentation was not there, or at least I could not find it. I value knowing all of my family tree. For decades, I have carried notes taken as my granny would list her children, their children, her siblings, their children, her parents, and their family, including the lore and the facts. 
including the societal situations that required the how and why history is conveyed. I remembered my father's sister, my aunt, telling me that she wanted to become a member of the Daughters of the American Revolution, but she was denied application because she is black. I initially applied to the Daughters of the American Revolution in Pennsylvania to honor my mother, but this quest quickly morphed into so much more. It turned out that my mother's line did not have the exact documentation required to support my application, but my father's family did. I would not have known about my father's lineage to the DAR if the DAR genies helping me hadn't thought to investigate other avenues. The volunteers found a connection with another direct swift descendant who holds the DNA link required, a male white cousin. I was encouraged to reach out to him to share my interest and see if he held the same values. I hit the jackpot. Not only does this cousin hold the same values of knowing family history, but his father helped to create the Sons of the American Revolution in his geographic area. My newfound cousin was unable to validate or share the complicated parts of our history, but he did share his DNA to help me on my journey. He shared his DNA, wishing me the very best of luck. My ancestry is one of those uncomfortable, unspoken known histories in America. My swift patriot line was absolutely on paper, and horrifically so. Mine is the type of history that isn't discussed outside of the family. My white swift ancestors were absolute patriots. They came to the U.S. and supported the cause to get from under a king, to be able to live their life to the fullest. In the times of legalized slavery, my white ancestors involved themselves in the American Revolution. They also participated in the use of owning slaves for personal family growth. There was absolute exploitation and abuse and harm by my family on to my family. And even if every day didn't bring physical cruelty, the system must have been morally crushing. My male white ancestors were likely intentionally reproducing with the female black enslaved. This is what I infer as I see the connections on paper. This is what we are now allowed to talk about outside of the family. Mulatto children were created and I am their future. Wesley and Thomas, we see what you did, all of it, good and bad. I want you to know that my family, your descendants, through those black enslaved, are teachers, military people, faith leaders, business owners, civic-minded people. We work hard and we help others when we can. We contribute to make this country even better than when you started. Jane, you may not have wanted to create or bear those babies, but you did. I cannot fathom the depth of tolerance and hope you intentionally put forth. Ned, David, Lucy, siblings and spouses, I see you. Thank you for surviving all that you did 
hoping the future would be better for the next. I was welcomed into the Daughters of the American Revolution application process by Taryn. She was so encouraging, saying, This might take time, but don't give up. You are welcome here. I was championed by Rhea, a family friend who is also a DAR genealogist. I was walked through the process and required steps by both Liz and Lisa, Marcy, supporting me and saying, hang in there, this can take years. And my sister-in-law, Nancy, sharing her victories and setbacks trying to establish on paper her own lineage. It can be highly emotional to know what you know, but finding the resources that puts credibility on the table is tedious work. And it takes a team. It takes special talent and interest. This is what sets the Daughters of the American Revolution apart from other societies and clubs. Admission is research-based, requiring technical review and confirmation. Every sister in this society can say that we celebrate the creation of the United States of America, and we are from the people who made this happen, from the shadows and the light. I reached out to the chapter in my own town, Yuma, to do service work. I was enthusiastically welcomed into the Yuma meeting by Carolyn to join open activities and more. It will be my privilege to work with others who value the beautiful and the ugly, wins and losses, accomplishments and defeats that our families went through to establish our country. The bravery and dedication it required is not lost on me from everyone who gave. I treasure my heritage and I'm taking a seat at the table while bringing all of my family with me. Well, in honor of Valentine's Day, we leave you with this quote by Franklin P. Jones. Love doesn't make the world go round. Love is what makes the ride worthwhile. Well, thanks for listening and be well, dear friends. Let's celebrate the stars and stripes forever. And remember, with all of your ancestors behind you, you are the result of the love of thousands. Well, this podcast was written and produced by our incredible team of writers and editors, and we are, as always, so grateful for President General Pamela Edwards-Rouse Wright and Historian General Suzanne Heskey for their constant guidance, and to Sharon Withers, Maggie Swift, and Lisa Schumacher for being so generous with their time. The National Society Daughters of the American Revolution is a nonprofit, nonpolitical, volunteer women's service organization dedicated to promoting patriotism, preserving American history, and securing America's future through better education for children. Members are all lineal descendants of those who supported the cause of independence in the Revolutionary War. For more information, please visit dar.org. This is the DAR Today podcast.